maybe wait till 7.10. If we get a couple more people in here, we'll postpone this one. Uh, I'm happy to just chat, but uh, I'd like to get some feedback on some bigger topics. So. Hey, I'm reading the uh, the DJI uh, article. Uh, articles, yeah. Let me throw it in there so everybody knows what. Have we're they put about. any kind of communication or response out regarding the whole one watt, twelve hundred milliwatt uh, mod? I haven't seen anything from anybody on that. Yeah, no, I haven't seen anything from DJI about it. No, I haven't either. I, and I honestly, I would be doubtful if they did say anything. But um, I, yeah, a lot of back and forth between. Um, Alex Grieve and some other folks on the whole legality of it and what is. Yeah. Have you uh, have you seen what? Thing. Did you see what uh, DJI did on their Part 15 um, uh, certification? That they got Part 15 certification not on all of the channels that they issue on the digital FPV uh, devices. So I want to say one two six seven, but I'll, I'm sure if once I say it, I'll, it's the wrong numbers. But it's a it's not all eight, and so it's it skips, um, and so you need a ham license for some of the channels, but not all of them. And so uh, Dan picked up on that aspect and and asked was asking the asking the question. See, my New York comes through asking. Um, does there is there a different uh, threshold of power if you have uh, Part 15 approval, and you know you don't need meaning you don't need a, a, a ham radio license, and from what Dan and I could discern, if Dan tell me if I got that wrong, um, it it appears that it has the same uh, power threshold at 5.8 gigahertz of uh, one uh, watt. Yeah, yeah, from that's... what I could tell, there's there's a limit of one watt going into an antenna. Right, and then there's other rules about if you've got a gain, so much gain on mm -hmm. that antenna and everything, it can't go above a certain amount. Yeah, yeah. But those are for yeah, specific uh... ranges of 5.8 gigahertz frequencies too. Yes. Did anybody like actually test to see if it's actually transmitting at 12? Uh, not exactly the what. How much power it is, but it does raise. It does yeah. does put out more power. Um, Bardwell's yeah, video has the RF meter, and he could see that it it, it did increase the power, but it, the tool's not accurate enough to tell you exactly how much. Right. Yeah. The uh, some of the arguments that I've seen, at least from Alex Grieve anyway, uh, is that telecommand. So his his reasoning is that it's it's basically no more than one watt, uh, regardless of the whole telecommand thing, because the whole intent, and at least the way the FCC has been communicating this, is that that is uh, video is not part of the telecommand. That's only radio link. But yet everybody else is saying, well, get a according to the fine that get FPV got. They specifically cited telecommand as a reason why they were being fined for greater than one watt <clears throat> power output. So, and they Alex were is promoting somebody to take them to court. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I think like, that, yeah, no, no takers yeah, on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, I wouldn't take that one. Um, 
the it was uh, in the FCC literature. There's a, a an FCC advisory notice that uh, uh, describes in particular how uh, it's the video uh, part of the um, uh, FPV that uh, was um, stepping on uh, um, navigation uh, frequencies, and that was what uh, some of the, you know, there were a number of companies selling VTXs that the FCC said cease and desist, and there were some big fines associated with that. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't bank on it just saying, oh, well, it's, it's not, uh, you know, C2C, uh, you know, the F, you know, it it interferes with uh, um, uh, emergency time, I think, navigation. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, what's interesting is that their mark people are marketing it, or businesses are marketing these now, and are able to sell it not as an FPV thing, but as a security camera. So that's kind of weird to me that. Oh, you can go. You can go a uh, greater than one watt power output on a security system, but yeah, not when you're using it for video feed. Uh, you know, plot. here's no. a website that I found helped me understand what was going on. I would, I would probably suggest that DJI is probably going to stay quiet on it, and a future firmware update will lock it out. Is probably what's going to happen. And I don't know that DJI can technically take a hit on that because I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Let me let me rephrase that. I don't know well, if DJI can take a hit on it because they didn't ship it with the intention of that. Right. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? I do. And and so the um, it was a gray area when we were working on this, and the reading we got was that if you if you had to alter the product. Uh, in some manner, uh, which is, you know, other than, you know, pressing some buttons, uh, it appeared that the FCC was satisfied that that was sufficiently uh, suppressed that that you could uh, ship your uh, VTX with uh, the variety of channels and, and not make the, um, the offending uh, channels uh, available. And so, of course, we're talking about power output as opposed to uh, uh, bandwidth, you know, the bandwidth. Right, right. Okay. Where, where did Dan... I always... <laughs> Where did I do what? You yeah, you put you, Where'd you get put up the there? document. Where'd you put that? It's in the general section. Yep. I found it. I found it. <laughs> yeah. Just just call me a luddite, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it does talk about in there that if you have a fixed point-to-point -point link, so if nothing's moving, then you can use more power in the 5.8 gigahertz band. So routers and stuff like that could go higher. A little bit, but it it still sort of says the maximum transmitter output power fed to an antenna is one watt, but you could have high, higher gain antennas. Gotcha. And so there's got to be some calculation to get the gain in there as well. Yeah, basically you take transmitter power and you add gain and you get the EIRP. So if you're at one watt, that equals 30 dBm. And so a 6 dBi gain antenna means you have 36 dBm at 1 watt, which is, I think, the limit you can have for 
Gotcha. Something that's not fixed point to point. If it's fixed, then it says you can go up to 53 dBm, so you can have a much higher gain antenna. Gotcha. Like a, is that a 23 gain antenna then? Yeah, it would be. That's so interesting. <clears throat> 900 megahertz versus 2.4. I'm going to have to dig through this stuff that you just posted, Dan. <laughs> interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, a whole bunch more stuff to learn. Absolutely. That's it. And the DJI frequencies are all 5.8. Yes. channels yep yes and they're well within according to dan's uh little chart there they're well within the uh legal 5.8 yeah they, yep. and they sure are they did a good job of that and of course as i said a couple of them are registered as part 15 so you do well, with a couple of the channels you do not need a ham license which is very clever on their part i'm gonna pop up the link to that article Real quick. Yeah, well, let's see. That This document says the low end is 5.725, and DJI has two channels that are below 5.725. Channel 1 and channel 2 are lower than that. Yes, they are. They're right at 56.50. Well, 56.60, and then, but the, the, the spread of the bandwidth goes to 56.50. So I was I'm curious on this, Dan, and one of the things I was trying to research when I wrote the article for this was is digital band is tighter than analog band? I think with the hardware there's less um they call it like the shoulder. So if you're looking at this as sort of like a a, a wave um it it's more like square sine, sine wave right yeah well the analog feeds yeah, are much noisier and they sort of spread out and are wider the digital equipment can make much more of a square looking signal i believe gotcha okay gotcha so they don't bleed over as much cool i'm impartial to sawtooth myself <laughs> All right, guys, so um, happy to stay in chat. Uh, I'm going to push our topics. One of the topics was this DJI. Uh, um, let anyone with a smartphone article. Uh, we were going to kind of chat about that. Uh, if you want to read up on that, it's just got kind of dropped today. Um, but uh, now the the we knew that DJI was going to put some remote identification tech into their new drones um whether that was uh i think the the first talk was adsb um but uh this is saying that they're gonna uh create a smartphone app that lets a person know uh the drone's identification number uh as well as location altitude speed and direction of the drone um to anybody in the public um my thought is is that they're going to release this in terms of a digital license plate and not your faa id um and um that way you know you're protected your personal information is protected uh but we will kind of stay uh on top of this and see what comes out on this but um 
it's supposed to work within one kilometer using Wi-Fi. So theoretically, you'd be able the drone will be transmitting that information via Wi-Fi in a one kilometer range. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of shapes up. Looks like the app is uh, hitting a 2020 release. Obviously, we're kind of coming up to the end of the year uh, after regulatory approval. So that was just kind of interesting um, how they are trying to tackle remote identification. Um, it's got to be a pretty strong signal for your cell phone to pick it up a kilometer away over Wi-Fi. Well, DJI has... Uh, you know, I I don't have a D- Dave. You you have uh, what do you have? A Mavic or or a Phantom? Did we lose Dave? I heard a bunch of people cut out briefly, and then you came back, and now maybe Dave's gone. Maybe Discord's okay, having trouble. Now? Yep, yes, now we hear we you. Can hear you now. <sighs> Hi, Verizon guy. I love. Have you been talking love, this whole time? No, I haven't. But I've been uh, madly working across three machines, trying to get my get back into the session. Um, from so what I heard, my, my question yeah. to you was: uh, DJI drones don't they have? Don't does some of their tech transmit on a Wi-Fi band? Or uh, some does, but and that's what they want to utilize. And to me, of what's uh, of interest and what calmed me down when I read this uh, announcement today, is that everything they wrote is completely consistent with the remote ID uh, ASTM standard. And they even mm-hmm. uh, quoted Philip Knuel, who was the co-chair along with Gabriel Cox, uh, Ga- um, Brendan Schulman uh, of DJI. A VP there was uh, also involved in the ASTM standard. So what uh, DJI is doing is they're moving ahead and implementing the the ASTM standard, which says we'll use either network or broad uh, broadcast a uh, a Wi-Fi or a, a Bluetooth to a a local phone. And we'll be able, in a, a phone app, we'll be able to query uh, the drone in the sky and find out the digital license plate number. And so that'll be an alias, uh, and it will not be, uh, you know, the name and address of the uh, of the operator of the drone. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, Bruce, uh, a couple of weeks ago, asked which work group that was, and I said it was um, F38 committee, and he said, no, what work group? And that the work group number is WK65041. And so that, that means a lot to uh, ASTM people, and that's the remote yeah. ID and tracking um, subcommittee. Uh, and that standard is going through balloting right now, and it's doing very well. So good. Uh, that's, a, that's a positive, and that's what... Uh, we recommended to the FAA that they uh, base the remote ID on that standard. Which also allows for non-equipped to essentially self-report. Exactly. Uh, which, which most hobbyists are going to fall within that. But, you know, one of the things, you know, that that brings is an increased ability to do more complicated missions. Um, so remote ID is going to open up the the pathway for 
uh, beyond visual line of sight, hopefully, and flight over people. So I wonder if DJI will put that into the air units of the FPV gear. It yeah, certainly could be done, I think. Yeah, great I mean, question. it probably could be. Um, I've not opened one up. Have you opened one up? of your air units Dan? no i'm just thinking it it has a 5.8 gigahertz you know broadcast of course uh, yeah so it you know if they can sneak that in at the same time as the video without having problems mm. maybe yeah, it could be but done it's a little different it's not a wi-fi module i mean they're well wi-fi yeah. modules are fairly inexpensive and fairly small these days no true i just but i mean from what i've seen in um on teardowns, it's not currently present like like you would find in a crossfire. You get both Bluetooth right. and uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, but so far, at least in the version one, those modules yeah. aren't present. But yeah, maybe in a mm -hmm. absolutely. And I mean that that you know for some that might be a good option you know for the air unit if you're doing more cinematic more you know you're using double using your your uh aircraft so for hobby and for for commercial because uh, i i mean the cinewhoop scene is is taking off pretty well and i'd like to see that continue to grow and but so i bet dji doesn't actually have to do technically wi-fi it just has to be something that the 5.8 gigahertz chips on your cell phones could decode and display. Yep. So, I don't know. It'll be curious oh, to see. Yeah. I wonder if it's a possibility right now then because they, they are doing the control link as well. Yeah. So, there's definitely sending telemetry data and stuff. It's it's possible. I'm not sure what people well, would think about it, but it's possible maybe. Well, and I do know that the some of the newer FR Sky transmitters are compatible uh, via Bluetooth with uh, an app, um, with the FR Sky app. So, you know, there are some some cross compatibility there too. So, all right. Well, uh, since it's just uh, us, I think I'll go ahead and wrap it up and give you guys your evenings back. Um, I did have a question. Um, of course. Yeah, regarding the, um, I don't have specifics, but. I had read a week or two ago, eh, who knows, maybe three weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, regarding a drone corridor registered with yes. the FAA now in Absolutely. New York. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, let me pull up that article real quick. There's one in New York. Yep. It's up by uh, Griffiths Air Force Base, and it's uh, the uh, there's a uh, nonprofit uh, that's been working for I think four or five years up there, uh, New Air, and uh, the state uh, has uh, funded quite a bit of money, um, and uh, they've been doing uh, tests uh, for uh, in conjunction with the uh, FAA, and yeah, now they have a, an approved corridor. So it's that's good news for uh, New York. So is that something that you see expanding to other states? I, what's the I, do, I would purpose imagine, of absolutely. that? Is it military testing. education testing? Okay. So it, it's going to be for testing for BVLOS, and um, this is going to give New Air and you know its partners 
uh, ability to test, you know, whatever it is they want to do for BBLOS. Um, it excludes them from having to have, you know, chase planes and and excessive, you know, amounts of spotters and all that kind of thing. Um, but it's going to be mostly for government and private companies, is what the article says. Um, okay, gotcha. So. Uh, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of, and I would imagine this would be expanding as tests go well, as remote ID becomes viable, and you know regulations start matching what uh, UAS are capable of. And so, I would I would definitely see this expanding. Um, but and, and so one of the this is one of the angles that we're interested in is uh, working with organizations like Newware to say, hey, you know, we're you know we're a, a recreational uh, group, uh, you know, we can come on up and uh, help out. You know, we we can be uh, help. You know, uh, FPV people can be helping hands on the odd uh, uh, tests that you might uh, that you might need and to. Mm -hmm get ourselves ingrained in that type of uh, uh of activity and so you know we've been uh we're now we now know the uh the cto of uh of newware and so hopefully an entree uh to to get into and work with uh, that group uh over time yeah i was kind of hoping that that might uh really expand the capabilities of some of the uh advanced uh lab university labs and graduate programs and i would imagine that it would um yeah. i know new Sir, york syracuse, is yeah syracuse university is already there uh, yep. cornell cornell is already there and so those are uh one school in syracuse obviously and the other in ithaca new york which is right close by right and right. the governor of new york is is investing a lot in new tech uh yes. for new york so yes um that's a that's a pretty big deal yeah, so we we I would personally anticipate that the seven uh, test centers across the country that we're going to see, you know, the other test uh, centers follow suit and become corridors as well. I would, you know, that's just my uh, own speculation, so not not based on anything I've read. Yeah, well, that would be cool. So yeah, that's definitely a thing. Cool. All right. Well, uh, good. Good talk, actually. Uh, I wasn't expecting that kind of off the cuff, but hey, it works. Um, so we will, uh, uh, we've got some news uh, later on, I think this next week. Um, so be on the lookout for uh, some new stuff on the Facebook page. And uh, I don't want to give it away, but. Uh, um, Dave and I did have an interesting evening last night, and it was fun. So uh, we'll drop that off uh, on the Facebook when it airs. And, um, and then we'll pick this up on the next one. And uh, thank you, Steve and Prelitter, for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. Have a good good evening. Yep. Good night, everyone. Okay. Good night.